Welcome to Love Works with Chris and Karen Conley. We are so glad for you to join us today on this inaugural broadcast. Chris Conley is the pastor of High Point Church in Memphis, Tennessee, and I am along as his sidekick, his wife. I also direct the women's ministry at High Point. We are a church that has a vision where we set out to prove that love works. And we have been doing that for almost 12 years now as a body and also have the unique privilege of starting a separate organization, a a nonprofit organization that has that exact same purpose to prove to the city of Memphis and beyond that love works. And we are thrilled to be able to talk to you about that vision today. The thing about that vision is we believe that it exists first in the church. When we look at what God says about the church, he says, love God plus love people equals love works. But we also want that vision to live beyond the church. We know that our people have to embody that vision, but then we also want to give them the tools to carry that vision outside the church. And so one of the things that we're doing is we're starting this separate ministry called Love Works. And the vision behind that is that maybe one day, the most well-known nonprofit in the city of Memphis. And maybe one day the vision of Love Works is that we would give this vision to the entire city. And just as St. Jude is one of the most respected names in all of the world for what they do, people would be able to look at the city of Memphis and say something is different, something is changing that city, and they'll be able to trace it back to the strength of the churches in the city, and they'll be able to trace it back to this organization called Love Works because there's a group of people that got together and they decided they were going to prove that Love Works in and through the people of Memphis. Chris, this is something that we have talked about for a really long time, and, and we love the city of Memphis and want to be a part of helping Memphis be the absolute best that it can be. You mentioned St. Jude and dozens of dozens of other organizations that want to help this city. What is it specifically about this organization, Love Works? What is the mission that is defining what we are trying to accomplish? The mission of our organization is that we want to inspire and influence people to impact Memphis's biggest problems one life at a time. We believe that this is a difficult world to live in, and there's a lot of problems, and people need inspiration. They constantly need to see good things happening. They need to hear the stories of what is happening where people are choosing to love others and people are choosing to prove that love works. And so by inspiring people, we believe that that inspiration will then influence them And if we add those two together, if we inspire and influence people, we will impact Memphis's biggest problems. But here's the key, one life at a time. And this is where we're going to go back and borrow from the ministry of Jesus. When Jesus decided to change the world, he changed the world one life at a time. He changed the world by gathering around him 12 men who he inspired 
who he influenced. And then he equipped those men to go inspire and influence others. And through that process, which is often called discipleship, and in this particular context, we're going to use the word mentoring. We'll be talking about mentoring over the next several shows so that we can see the impact that occurs when we inspire and influence people one life at a time, when we mentor them, when we have a ministry that is built upon friendship and a ministry that's built upon one person influencing another person. In our own life, a huge part of our own journey is the fact that the Lord puts someone in your life and then secondarily in my life as a mentor. Sometimes when you look at ministries and you look at organizations, you want to be able to make this big impact on thousands of people right away. But what I think you would agree with in our context and why we have chosen this approach is because it is in that context where your life on life, one on one, that has the sustaining impact that we're looking for. So I'm excited and I know my own life has been changed by mentoring and by Clyde Cranford's influence on your life as a mentor in your life. But tell us a little bit specifically, what are the values that are going to shape this organization, that are going to shape how we do ministry to impact and influence Memphis? Well, when we think from a value perspective, and you mentioned Clyde's ministry, you mentioned his personal life, his mentoring, but also his ministry was called Life on Life. And as you think about that, it's important for us to remember that programs don't change people. People change people. And that any program that is successful, it's successful because of the people in it. And so that's where, through this process, we've built values based upon people and what people do to influence and inspire other people. The first value of this ministry is this. We believe when you keep showing up, love works. What's so important about that is that word, keep showing up. There are a lot of people who might choose to go do something noble or go do something charitable or go do something kind once or twice, but that doesn't change people. What changes people is when you keep showing up, when you keep loving people, when you keep helping people, even when people keep falling down, maybe they don't pick it up immediately, but you keep helping them up. And so we think that maybe a foundational value for this ministry is that we just must keep showing up. We must be known as the people who never, ever go away, and we are just present. It is a ministry of presence, being present in their lives. Just in our own journey, you do see sometimes as you're walking along people in crisis or not even necessarily a specific crisis, just that they're down and out. They're just at a place that they need to make some changes. It can be frustrating, and it's easy to give up when you think, oh, well, I've invested, but now they're taking a step backward. So it is absolutely a value you have to decide that you are going to embrace to know that sometimes you're going to take a step forward as you're working with an individual, and sometimes they will take a step back. But I've heard you say so many times, you know, two steps forward and one step back is still progress. And so that is a huge value to just embrace as we move forward in the LoveWorks organization to say that we are going to continue to show up. As we are recruiting mentors for this ministry, we're recruiting people who who want to have a higher standard. We're not recruiting a minimalist here. 
we're not just asking for one or two hours a week. We're asking you to invest in one or two lives. And as you invest in those lives, it doesn't become an obligation because you begin to love that person. You become invested in that person. And that's why you keep showing up because it's not just an appointment. It all of a sudden becomes a young man or a young woman who you know is looking to you and depending upon you for you to help them become the young man or woman that you have become yourself. So I think in this whole world of showing up, there's more to it than that. Explain to us some of the other aspects that will be foundational in how we approach this ministry. The second value of this ministry is we believe information plus application equals transformation. Now, sometimes in a discipleship slash mentoring ministry, we make the mistake of making it almost all information-based. And we go through Bible study after Bible study, and that's vitally important. It's incredibly important. But that's the information component. Now, we must take the information and then help our people apply it. And it's through the application that our lives are really changed. Now, listen to this clearly. It's not the hearing of the Word of God that changes lives. Now, that sounds wrong, okay? We've got to listen to the second part. It's the obeying of the hearing of the Word of God that changes lives. So what we're going to try to do is we're going to try to make sure they have the most important information and they understand the non-negotiable truths of God. But go beyond understanding it to applying it because we believe once they have information plus application, that is where the transformation comes in. In Romans 12, 2, it says this, do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Why? So that you may prove that the will of God is good, acceptable, and perfect. And the way that you prove that is that you begin to apply what you are renewing your mind with, and then your life becomes the proof that the will of God is good, acceptable, and perfect. As we think as a mentor, maybe you're listening to this and you're thinking, I have something to give. I want to be that mentor to a young man or a young woman that's maybe just a step further behind. I think all of us, no matter how long we have had a relationship with the Lord or or how much teaching, there is kind of this tendency to forget how important the application is and to think that just the knowledge alone is going to change someone's life. And what these young men and women need and what all of us need is to know how to take that truth and it become alive and relevant in their specific circumstances. That's where that application comes in. That really, in my experience, is when the light bulb goes on, when you understand, oh, God and his truth is here to protect me. And it really matters in this day and age, in the 21st century, and it can make a difference in my life. A great quote from Dr. Adrian Rogers, one of my favorite people who can just turn a phrase, is he says this when it comes to the Bible. He says, Don't worry about what you don't understand. Just start obeying what you do understand. And before long, you'll be understanding what you didn't understand. And that's where application is the difference maker. Another really vital part to this ministry is represented in the values in the world of personal disciplines. Can you tell us a little bit about how that factors into what we're trying to accomplish? Absolutely. Personal disciplines are the key to character development. That if you are going to grow 
as a man or as a woman, if you're going to grow in your walk with God, if you're going to grow in your ability to love God and love others, then that's going to ultimately come back to personal disciplines. An example of personal disciplines is what we call a priority time. Now, a lot of people call a priority time a quiet time. We don't call it a quiet time because we don't believe God is quiet in a quiet time. We believe that a priority is a daily, unhurried, and inspired time to read the Word of God, to know the God of the Word. And so when you have a personal discipline of a priority time, then what's happening is you are sowing the Word of God into your life. And when you sow the Word of God into your life, you're going to reap the blessings of that. The same thing is true with a personal discipline of exercise, that if you're exercising consistently, if you have a healthy diet, then you are going to reap the blessings of being a healthy weight and just overall health in your life. And so anybody who's had any type of success in life has found that success through some personal disciplines or through some habits that are positive in their life. And it's essential. You cannot continue to have consistent development without personal disciplines. Tell us a little bit more in terms of who we are and, and what we stand for in this Love Works organization, just so everybody gets the truest sense of what it is that they might choose to come alongside of us and partner with us in really reaching the city, turning it into a place that we see God's activity everywhere. Are there other values before we move on that would be important for people to understand? Yeah, this ministry is built upon five values. We've talked about three of them. The fourth value is this. We believe to whom much is given, much is required. And so the first thing that we're wanting to do in this ministry is recruit people to be mentors who have been mentored or people who have received much in life. They've been a part of a healthy, vibrant church. They've had influential people invest in them in different ways. And some of that receiving is absolutely in a biblical sense channeled toward their spiritual growth. Sometimes it's a professional sense, and they've been mentored professionally. We need to, when we mentor people and we think about going back and inspiring and influencing people to impact Memphis's biggest problems one life at a time, then that mentoring is bigger than just discipleship. Discipleship is the foundation, but it involves everything. It involves their education. It involves their work life. It involves their family life. And so in this way, if you have been given much in life, then much is required. You were not given much just for your personal benefit. You were given much so that you could give much and so that you could invest in others. I can think of different opportunities that I've had in the past of trying to maybe pair two women together. And I would often go to maybe a woman who I knew was solid in her faith and was walking faithfully in the Lord. But the question might come, well, I've never been mentored specifically myself. Nobody did that to me. So how can I pour into someone else? What would you say as we're talking about this really important value to whom much is given, much is required? How does that apply to somebody who's listening right now who has a solid walk, but maybe that specific role they haven't seen in their own life? There are all different types of mentoring. As we go forward in this vision of Love Works, we will talk about mentoring that's one-on-one. We'll talk about mentoring that occurs in a small group setting. But 
you may not have ever been mentored in a one-on-one way, but yet you may have been mentored indirectly. I can think of people in my life. I think of Andy Stanley. I've met him. I don't know him well. He's not a close personal friend, but I am mentored by the way he lives his life. I listen to his messages. I read the stuff that he writes. I think about the Rick Warrens and the Bill Hybels and Craig Rochelle and Henry Blackaby and people like this. All of these people have indirectly mentored me. They've shaped me. And so there's this accumulation of spiritual wisdom that has been poured into my life that now there are other people who maybe they know more about certain topics than I do, but I don't have to know everything to mentor someone. I just simply have to find someone who is not quite as far along as I am. And for me to take the things that God has poured into my life and for me to begin to pour them into their life. Well, I know you and I could talk about mentoring all day long, and we actually, in some of our future broadcasts, will discuss that. But there's one last value that I love so much, and it's this. We believe quitting is never an option. Tell us how that fits in this context. It fits because life is imperfect. And so when you enter into a mentoring relationship, you are mentoring someone who, just like us, is imperfect. And so if we start from that premise, then we have to know that it is all about progress, not perfection, right? And so we can't quit when all of a sudden someone comes into a difficult season of life. Adversity is normal in life. Conflict is normal in life. But we must look at this and say, there have been people in my life who did not quit on me. Even when I failed or even when I disappointed someone, even when I disappointed myself, there were people who believed in me when I didn't believe in me. There were people who cared about me when I didn't care. And so in this way, Everybody needs somebody to believe in them. Everybody needs somebody to fight the good fight with them. Everybody needs somebody to persevere with them. And there are times in your life where, I mean, you just hear this negative voice and you just don't think that you have it in you to keep going. And that's when someone comes alongside of you and they loan their faith to you and they loan their courage to you and they loan their belief to you. And they say, we aren't going to quit. We're never going to quit. Quitting is not an option. You know why? Because Christ lives in you and he who began a good work in you is going to perfect it until the day of Christ Jesus. And he did that work in me. He's doing that work in you. And we're going to finish this together. I think everybody needs someone like that in their life. And what a privilege it would be to be that person, to be that voice of encouragement through the LoveWorks organization. You've given us kind of the values. What really is the underlying goal here? The goal of this ministry and ultimately the goal of everything that Jesus teaches is that he wants to develop difference makers. He did not save us just for us to be ordinary people. He didn't save us just for us to try to get by and just survive and just kind of make this life, you know, as manageable as possible. That he came into our life and he saved us from our sin, but he did more than just save us from our sin. He then gave us the ability to have life and life more abundant. The scripture says that he gives us according to his divine power that is in us 
that we can live life according to his godliness. We can live life in a Christ-like way. And so in this way, when we think about developing difference makers, it's really very, very basic. It's very simple. All the truths of God can be summarized into this. It's the great commandment. Love God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. Second commandment's like the first. Love your neighbor as yourself. A difference maker is someone who loves God and loves people. It is literally that simple. We make it too complicated. We make it too difficult. A difference maker is someone that puts others before himself. A difference maker is really the golden rule. It's someone who treats others as they want to be treated. A difference maker is someone who just applies the new commandment, love others as I have loved you. And so in all of those ways, when the Great Commission says go and make disciples, what's a disciple? A disciple is a learner and follower. What are they learning? They're learning how to love God and love people. So it all comes back that when we prove that love works, then we are making a difference. I love it. And you know that I embrace that approach. In the context of what we're talking about today, maybe there's some young professionals that are listening to us. They have that heart and they want to make a difference and they want to be a difference maker themselves as they pour into maybe someone that they mentor. What is the strategy that we are going to approach and use to make a difference one life at a time? Let me tell you how we're going to do this. There's a group of people that I respect greatly that over the last 20 years, they did surveys. Every year, they would survey the leaders that they work with. They would survey students that come through student camps. They would survey young single adults. And they would always ask them this question. What were the things that God used to develop you and make you into a man or woman of God? What were those key things that helped you grow spiritually? Over the course of 20 years, as they took those answers, then they saw a pattern emerge. And they really saw that there were about five key components to spiritual growth. These are things that God always uses to grow us. And so the strategy that we're going to focus on in this mentoring relationship in the context of the ministry of Love Works is this. The first one is influential relationships. God always uses people to change people. It really goes back to the incarnation of Christ. When God decided to change the world, how did he do it? The truth became flesh. The word became flesh. And so influential relationships, when you look back and you think about how did God change my life, you think less about specific truths and you think about people. You think about the people that God put into your life to change your life. The second one is this, positive instruction. Now, why do I say that? Now, of course, we can learn from negative things. We can learn from all the things the Bible teaches about sin. But sometimes we define our success by what we don't do instead of by what we do. And we need to correct that mistake. We need to understand that if we would obey the right truths of God, if we simply love God and love people, then that kind of summarizes 613 commandments in the Old Testament. They're summarizing too, love God, love people. And if we would focus on yes, then sometimes we wouldn't have to worry about no. And so by positive instruction, we're talking about what are the things that God says yes to? And let's talk about those and they'll help us say no to other things. And then that brings us to the third aspect of this strategy 
It's personal disciplines. We've talked about that a little bit earlier, but that's where we have to have those spiritual disciplines of priority time, prayer, the Sabbath, all kind of things like that, that are constantly ways that we invest in our life. We are running to the end of our time for today. We have covered three of those different strategies, and we are just so thrilled that you have joined us. We ask that you would just tune in next time as we will continue discussing an exciting opportunity for the city of Memphis to join us and get involved in this organization called Love Works. We will also have an opportunity to discuss mentoring more specifically. So lots of great material ahead. Thank you so much for tuning in to Love Works with Chris and Karen Conley. You can absolutely get more information at chrisconley.net or karenconley.com. And always remember, it is this simple. Love God plus love people equals love works.